Hello and welcome to this week's BWB Extra, where we continue our conversation with Monica Harrington, founder of Fit Form Fashion, where we hear more about her life as a lingerie stylist. From the type of clientele Monica has, to the hospital and charity work she does for women who have been affected by breast cancer, to the professional training she provides for lingerie fitters, we take a dive into what it's like being Monica Harrington. I work with all women, um, and uh, from teens to 100 plus. Actually, my oldest has been 92. So you do the consulting bit, but you also work with individuals. Yeah, so I do the consulting bit. And then um, I also work with brands uh, when they're creating new collections. And um, I also then um, work with women uh, on a one-to-one. So, um, and that is really just fitting them and offering them just a really positive experience. So if I get them as a teen, for example, like a mom might come to me and she might say, oh, my daughter is 11 and, you know, she's all of a sudden she's grown, you mm. know, and I don't know what to do. And she's very shy. She doesn't want to go to a department store. You know, can you help? Or I could have someone saying to me, a mom or dad ringing me and saying, you know, my daughter is binding and doesn't like, you know, her boobs. Binding because they're... Because they don't want breasts. That, so uh, yes. are they sort of pre-transitioning or they... They might be at an earlier stage than that, yeah. you know, so, and they're just testing the waters and if they're a bit more formed, then, you know, they, especially if they're fuller, they don't, mm. you know, they're very conscious of it. So then... What I do is I try and look for alternatives to, to binding. Because it must be quite unhealthy from a physiological point of view to sort of strap your breasts. Well, I used to, many years ago, I used to be a housemistress in a school. <laughs> You've been so oh, many God, things. So many things. <laughs> Such a dark this is when I was teaching. Really? <laughs> and I, my particular people that I looked after were the 14-year-olds. And 14-year-olds are vile. There's like no two ways about it. That's terrific. And... You know, a lot of what went on, like I'd find there was one girl who was, you know, was very developed for her age. And I can remember finding her in the loose one night, crying her eyes out because the others were just teasing her about the fact that she had breasts. And I was kind of going, look, you don't understand. In a couple of years' time, this is going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> like, you want to have big breasts. This, this is clearly before Instagram influenced yeah. the time because yeah. now she'd be having a party. <laughs> yeah, but, you know... it. Like, and there are lots of, like my youngest niece is 14 at the moment, and there is a real trend for androgynous clothing and big baggy tops and wanting to look kind of more androgynous is the only word I can think of for it. But, you know, I can see how, you know, if you're very developed, you might not like that. It depends. Um, Definitely if somebody is thinking that, you know, they're looking at their sexuality as well and, you know, they're thinking, oh, I really don't, you know, I really don't want press. Um, but they're not at a stage where, you know, they can do anything about it because they're very young. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and binding is really an option then for them. Well, that's the only option they think that they have. Um, and then what I try and do is just really talk to them about that and just offer other solutions and see where we can get to. 
So it's a, you know, it's about really, it's a fine balance. So would that be kind of like minimising? Minimising our, um, I had someone recently and she first came to me when she was 14. Now she's come back to me and she's almost 17 and she's moved on to a different stage. So we looked at minimising bras and bras that would make her look a little bit smaller. Also bras that had a little bit of compression, but not so much as a bind. So she's moved on to the next stage. So that was a very positive, you know, um, yeah, outcome. It really, really was. Can yeah. I just ask, where did binding come from? Does it, is it rooted in sort of Chinese or, you know, because the Chinese bound their feet? Did Chinese women also bind their breasts? But or? I think that, well, yeah, well, it comes from the ancient Greek, actually, originally. Oh, okay. Like okay. Amazon women, et cetera, yeah. you, you bind your breasts before you go into battle. Okay, well, well that, makes, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. So they don't fly up and hit you in the face <laughs> while you're trying to kill somebody. So, 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 so if binding came from the ancient Greeks, where did the modern bra come from? Who, who's responsible? Was it a German, a French person, an American? There was one designed in about 1886. There wasn't a name to who designed this, but it was made of wire and silk. It looked a bit more like a tea strainer rather than a bra. <laughs> okay. Um, nice. And it was designed by men. <laughs> I kind of always assumed they were designed originally in France, given that they've got a French name. Well, you would. Well, um, yeah. We don't know who, who designed this one, but anyway, it didn't really work. Women didn't find it very comfortable. Didn't Bette Midler have a song about Otto Titzlinger? Yes. <laughs> but that's not Inventor historically accurate. Damn, no. I always thought it was. <laughs> um, and I think it was it was uh, an American socialite. In, I think it was around 1910. Um, you know, she got two handkerchiefs together and mm. ribbons and she made her own kind of what we know as a bra today. Because particularly with that particular fashion, like 1910s, 1920s kind of fashion, the flapper thing, like you kind of probably need something to flatten you. Flatten you and hold you down a little bit. And a lot of the, the bras kind of in the mid-1920s were just like little strips of fabric yeah. across the across the bust. Okay. Yeah. Because before that, when you've got like, when you had corsets... You don't really need a bra if you've got a corset on because the corset's going to hold everything very much in place. Yes, Um, and that just came with its own complications because what that did then was, you know, it really distorted the diaphragm and, you know, women fainted a lot. And, you know, when you see those movies with the big crinoline dresses, you know, they they fainted because they were pulled in so tight into the corset, you know. So it must have been quite liberating then for women to go from corset to, to bra where you weren't in threat of passing out every time yeah, you exactly. had to get dressed to go exactly. somewhere. Yeah. I mean, sometimes if your bra is really tight, <laughs> you can have that issue. Philippa, you never have that problem, no. do you? <laughs> Not if you're inclined at a Monica's. <laughs> yes, you've been to me. Um, yeah, so I think about 1930s, you saw definitely mm. more of a shape coming to, to bras and then... From that, then, of course, you know, when we look at Marilyn Monroe and, you know, that kind of bullet effect bra, you know, yeah. where it was up and out, you know, that was just all clever I thought that clever was Madonna, things. not... not <laughs> that was the cone, the cone bra. It was just the up and out bit. That I... <laughs> it was always about the forward projection. Yeah. But then you get to the point where actually, you know, burning your bra is a sign of absolute freedom. 
presumably at one point brawls for freedom and then you get to a point where actually you set fire to it in order to to announce your liberation. I don't know how true that was with the burning of the bras. I'm trying not to promote that one. Yeah, no. <laughs> Although it might get you more work if, like, people are phoning up saying, I just burn all my bras and now I need new ones. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so you work with individuals. Mm-hmm. I have a memory that you also work with hospitals and things. Is yes. that right? Yeah, yeah. I've been fitting women, I suppose, um, post-breast cancer surgery for many, many years. And I really got into that at a very early stage, fitting breast prosthesis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when a woman has had um, uh, breast cancer and she's had her breast removed or part of her breast removed. And I've just found it really interesting because often women are put into boxes because they've got breast cancer and it's like, well, you can't wear that anymore and you can only wear this. And I'm on a mission to change that. Um, so I'm an ambassador now for a breast cancer charity called Future Dreams. And very close to here, yep. actually, they've opened a house in King's Cross. And it's and a lovely house. It's beautiful. Mm. It's a real, it's a sanctuary for anyone really from the breast cancer community and on that journey. And um, we've just um, started a bra lounge there. And um, yeah, it's um, it's fitting breast prosthesis and fitting bras and taking people out of the box and talking about bras from Asian Provocateur and talking about, you know, well, you can actually wear that. You might be able to wear it straight after surgery. Well, actually, you can't wear it straight after yeah. surgery. But let's look at what you can wear further down the line, you know. And I get asked a lot, you know, by women um, about intimacy and, you know, getting to that next stage with their partner, you know, scarring may be an issue, you know, not having a breast may be an issue and how do they move to that next stage? So we look at pieces of lingerie, you know, how that covers up the area. So, you know, they're getting used to each other again in a different way. And yeah, it's, it's really rewarding. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love everything about my job. I absolutely love everything about it. <laughs> and and how, how did you get involved in the charity? Did they approach you or was it just something you were reading about and you just thought, oh, hey, this is my area of expertise. I, it's something that's very, you know, I'm passionate about and I want to get involved. It's interesting because um, I another part of fit form fashion is um, I, um, I do styling on shoots uh, for campaigns. And I was on, I was doing an M&S shoot, <laughs> a lingerie campaign shoot, and uh, with um, a fabulous photographer, um, Simon Emmett, and he is also an ambassador for Future Dreams. And he was telling me about the charity, and they were quite a young charity at that stage. And uh, and then he did the introduction, and yeah, that was it. That's amazing. And Pippa, have you been up to the house? Yes, I have. Cross? I have. I went, they had a, a Christmas event with lots of stools selling things at Christmas. I went up there and, and bought some underwear for my nieces. Very good. And, and how much of your time do you devote to that? Or is it sort of just as and when, or is there a set time when the bra bar is yes, operational? Yes, it's, it's, um, it's by appointment only, the bra lounge. So, um, Sorry, bra lounge. I like that, the bra bar. Bra bar. <laughs> bra bar is really good. I like and that. You should probably like trademark you, you, it right you now. You can use it. It's All right. right. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'll fix you up later. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, at the moment, um, we started it uh, just recently. So we started with one, uh, one day a month, but it's getting... Very busy. So next month we're doing two two a month, but it's by appointment only. So that you just pop on the website, get the details, and you can ring up and just book an appointment. And and then I'm in there 
on a regular basis. We do broad accreditation, so um, that's talking to to brands um, and you know they just teaching their their teams how to offer them that proficient service for women that come in, you know, post-surgery. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Clark got its start back in 1935 and while the world has changed a bit it's more than just survived from complying with the FCA and all things financy they can also speak fluently in the language of legalese. Ori Clark was born and raised right here in the UK and now for 20 years they've been helping others get set up and on their way. Ori Clark's doors always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. And are there certain brands that have sort of taken the lead and sort of identified that sort of not every woman has two breasts? They might have one or they might have none because of their cancer. And are they sort of producing lingerie that is appropriate for women Yes. Uh, in that state. Yes, okay. there are. Oh, that's great yeah, to yeah, hear. Yeah. So it's re- it's really good and quite a few of them as well. So there's specific post-surgery lingerie brands, you know, that, yeah, and they do, a lot of them do prosthetics and they do bras as well. And then there's just the, the, the regular brands that are just doing yeah. it now as well. And that's really interesting, you know. So I did one with um, Adidas and Stella McCartney and that was a sports bra. And um, we fitted it on women who were post-surgery and they were getting back into fitness. And, you know, they were out running in the bras, trialing them before, you know, before oh, they wow. went to market. So that was great. And today I can't say who it is, but I'm working with another brand um, and we were doing fit sessions today on that. And uh, yeah, so it's 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 great. It's And that's really sexy stuff. And it's, it's yeah, it's really great to see, you know, all the other brands out there doing yeah. doing something. Um, you know, but, you know, you can go to places like Georgia Razda and, you know, there's bras with pockets. And it never ceases to amaze me how you find bras that, like, you're like, oh, I just bought this in Debenhams or whatever, and then it turns out to be the world's most amazing bra, and you're like, how did you find this bra for, like, 20 quid? So so, so there's a question, like, how much time do you spend actually just going into department stores or going to Asda or wherever and kind of just kind of flicking through the racks? Or are you kind of at the point now where people just brand send you stuff? No, I try to stay very independent. Obviously not independent when... Somebody's when paying I'm doing the bills. The, yeah, <laughs> when I'm doing the corporate stuff. Um, but um, when it comes to uh, a one-to-one service for, for anybody, um, what I'll do is um, we'll have a video call. I look at their shape um, and um, they'll just go topless for a little few minutes and I'll have a little look and um and then I'll work out what size they are and uh, I usually get it right just by looking yeah it's just amazing by looking. like oh you're uh, an ex yeah and um then I find the find out what their budget is you know what colors they like what they don't like and what shapes they're looking for if they like wires and non-wires you know all that kind of thing yeah. if they want pants if they want Oh, whatever they want. If they want a corset, if they, you know, whatever they want. Uh, it could be swimwear. And then then I'll shop and shop and shop. 
And um, so by the time they meet me, then it it is really a full selection of products. So there's a lot of work there. So it is very bespoke service, Mm. you know, um, and it is a bit more high end. Do you enjoy the shopping aspect of it? Let's just say I don't really shop for myself. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But you are genuinely amazing at making... Like, she always manages to make you feel really good, even though, you know, like, you always have something to say that's very flattering. Oh, you're possibly lying. But, you know, you make it, you make it a really fun experience for something that, over the years, when you go into, like, M&S or whatever, when you're 16 to have, have yourself measured, it's horrific. You know, there's a measuring tape and there's, yeah. I mean, like, but it's scary. I think that's the thing. It's, it's scary. That's what I'm trying to change with the retail training, you know, that we're trying to change that so that, so that it's not a scary experience. I can remember you know? going into Rigby and Pella with my sister and my mother just before my sister got married to get her a bra for her wedding that would go with the wedding dress. And she went off into um, a cubicle and my mother and I were sitting outside and the, the, like one of the saleswomen came out and she got a ladder and she climbed right to the top of the shop to the like <laughs> the top rack and pulled out this thing and my mum was nudging me going, look, look, there's someone bigger than your sister. Unbelievable. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> and we were chuckling away and then <laughs> my sister bought a bra and left and we came out and she was like, it's amazing. It turns out I'm a like, you know, whatever it was, double H or something yeah. and we were like, oh, it was her bra. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, you know, it's it was a hor- it could be a horrid experience. Yes, yeah. So what I try and do is, look, it's like, just look outside the box. Like, you know, it's only bras, knickers, men's pants, whatever it is, you know. And let's just see what works for you, what works for your shape and, and what you feel comfortable in. I think that's more important because all the brands fit differently. And it's not because they're trying to fool the consumer. It's really because there's different gradings, there's different fabrics used, you know, there's not one size fits all, you know. And then also people get very confused. So, you know, they might say, oh, I'm a D and they could be a 38D. And then somebody that's a 32D will say, oh, well, actually, how can I be a D if they're a D? Yeah. And it really is down to um, the, you know, the, the band around the bra. You know, the bigger the band, the wider the cup. Okay. So it's not just that we're, they're adding a little bit of yeah. extra material to the actual, you know, back of the bra. They're, you know, they're changing the whole size of the, of the bra. So say, for example, if you're a 34D and then you go from a 34D to a 36D, that D cup in the 36 is bigger than the 34 D. Because the band of the... Because the whole of the bra gets bigger. bigger. Okay. So, uh, so the width across the cup gets bigger, yeah. So you might be a 32 D but a 34 C. Yes, yeah. So they call that sister sizing. And where do your clients come from? Because I have a vague memory of, and I won't say who, but before COVID meeting you, I was supposed to be meeting you for a coffee and you were like, I'm really sorry, I can't come because I've got to go to New York to fit some actress's bra. Uh, yes, so they come from all over. Yeah, so they... So they, they have a very wide clientele. Very wide clientele. Yes, yes. Um, so somebody found me recently and I saw them um, just a couple of days ago and they are experimenting and they found me on Google and they would call themselves gender fluid and... They just really want someone to help them because they're just, you know, what, what, do, what do you buy? How do you fit it? What, you know, what kind of prosthetics would you use? All of that. 
We had a really great session, such a great session. And yeah, that person went away feeling amazing. It wasn't a celebrity, it wasn't anything, yeah. anybody like that. Just it a, was just a random. A fabulous, yeah. yeah. And just the feedback was wonderful to have that, you know. So I'm there for all, really. So that was this week's episode of BWB Extra, and we'll be back with a new episode next week. Until then, it's goodbye. <laughs>